0: Millions of Americans struggle with something essential for life, breathing. Some may be a little
1: short of breath, but other people may have much more severe symptoms, and some people even have trouble leaving their house because they're so short of breath
0: due to a lifelong respiratory disease known as COPD. COPD is a chronic condition. This is part of who you are now. And later, discover real-life experiences of what it's like living with it. Being
2: so short of breath, it's hard. It's sad. It's not an easy life. It's a daily struggle.
1: I don't think I've had a genuine, full breath of fresh air in years. It can be scary. There are times when I feel like I cannot breathe.
0: Learn about the battle to breathe with COPD inside this edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. Welcome to CTSI Discovery Radio. I'm your host, Brian Bellmer. CTSI Discovery Radio is brought to you by the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin. The CTSI is a consortium of researchers, doctors, scientists, and others representing eight institutions, including the Medical College of Wisconsin, Milwaukee School of Engineering, Marquette University, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Children's Wisconsin, Fratert Hospital, Versity, Blood Center of Wisconsin, and the Zablocki VA Medical Center. The CTSI works collaboratively across all of our member institutions. Our mission is advancing health through research and discovery. Breathing. It's essential to sustain life, yet it's something most of us take for granted in life. But for millions of Americans diagnosed with COPD... They can't take breathing for granted because for them, breathing is a challenge and sometimes nearly impossible. What is COPD and why does it cause difficulty breathing for so many people in our country and in our community? To get expert insight, we spoke recently with Dr. Jonathan Kerman, Assistant Professor, Department of Medicine, Division of Pulmonary Medicine at the Medical College of Wisconsin. Dr. Kerman begins by telling us that COPD is an acronym for Chronic Obstructive Pulmonary Disease. And he gives us a quick description of what COPD is. COPD is a condition that
1: affects the airways within the lungs so that air flow is disrupted during normal breathing. This results in shortness of breath with activities so that folks are limited in how much they can do.
0: What are its known causes? Dr. Kerman says there's one major cause.
1: Smoking is by far the most common cause of COPD, especially in this country.
0: But there are others, including environmental causes. Exposure
1: to a lot of secondhand smoke. COPD is a global problem, but in areas that are more advanced and have more industrial exposures, COPD does tend to occur at a higher prevalence.
0: And there are genetic causes, one in particular.
1: Something called alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency, and that can result in COPD in folks who have never smoked
0: what are the early or initial symptoms of someone having COPD?
1: Shortness of breath and having a cough where you cough up sputum, both of those may be a little bit more severe and they don't go away like after an upper respiratory tract
0: infection. But the severity of symptoms varies.
1: Some people have very mild, whereas others have much more severe symptoms. It usually correlates with the amount of smoking someone has done in the past, but not always. Folks may be a little short of breath, but other
0: people may have much more severe symptoms. And typically, COPD worsens over time. It is progressive, especially if you continue to
1: smoke. Everyone's lungs, even never smokers, will gradually decline over time, but the rate of decline is much greater when you continue to insult your lungs by smoking.
0: So... Quit smoking. Absolutely. Quit smoking. And if you think it's too late to quit smoking, Dr. Kerman has news for you. Even if you have smoked for
1: a long time, there is still a benefit to quitting. Because once you quit, regardless of how long you've smoked, the rate of decline in your lung function will rapidly approach that of someone
0: who has never smoked. Many COPD symptoms are also common in a cold or the flu. How does someone know if they're more seriously ill? The
1: difference is symptoms related to acute problems should go away, but the COPD symptoms, they don't go away without medical management. And even then, it's more about controlling them than getting rid of them completely.
0: The symptoms also sound similar to asthma but there are key differences between them. In
1: asthma, the main problem with the airway is that it closes down. With COPD, it's destruction of the air sacs within the lungs. That's in the case of emphysema,
0: one of the two types of COPD,
1: or an overproduction of mucus, characteristic of chronic bronchitis.
0: Next, we asked Dr. Kerman how COPD is typically diagnosed. He says once a patient shows symptoms, there are two routes to diagnose it. We
1: typically do breathing tests. We look at how much someone can breathe in and out, and we can actually measure those volumes. We know how much they should be. If they are less than that, we can diagnose someone with having COPD.
0: And the second method of diagnosis...
1: Is a CT scan of the chest. And that can also show us the degree of COPD that may be present in the lung.
0: But while these processes sound relatively simple, Dr. Kerman says a diagnosis can take considerable time.
1: It's variable. Some folks are not properly diagnosed for a long time. And the other thing that we see is people being treated for presumed COPD, but without undergoing the appropriate diagnostic evaluation to confirm that that is in fact a problem.
0: At what age or stage of life is a patient typically diagnosed with COPD?
1: Most folks are probably diagnosed in their 50s, maybe early 60s, but this, too, is variable. If you smoked three packs a day and you started as a teenager, then by your late 40s, you may already have 100 pack years of smoking history, whereas somebody who smokes less and started a bit later, those folks may not be diagnosed until later in life.
0: How is COPD treated? Dr. Kerman tells us there are medications. The
1: pillars of COPD treatment are inhaled medications, specifically bronchodilators. They are medications you take that open up your airways and improve airflow. Newer medications, you only have to take once a day, so they're very convenient.
0: Beyond inhalers, there's pulmonary rehabilitation therapy.
1: And that's a supervised exercise program that also focuses on different breathing techniques that can help alleviate the sensation of being short of breath and then supplemental oxygen when folks qualify
0: for that. And there are surgical procedures in the most severe cases. Historically, for folks still symptomatic despite treatment with
1: inhaled medication and oxygen and pulmonary rehabilitation, their only options were major surgical interventions such as Lung volume reduction surgery or lung transplantation.
0: But Dr. Kerman's excited about advancements in airway valve therapy, bridging the gap between traditional COPD treatments and risky surgical interventions.
1: Now there's endobronchial valves, tiny valves that go in the airways of the part of the lung most destroyed by the COPD. They block airflow. That lobe deflates, and it takes pressure off the lobes next to it. In doing so, you can breathe much more effectively.
0: Which, in turn, means... You
1: feel much less short of breath, you can walk further, and you have a better quality of life. It is revolutionizing COPD management because we're giving folks a great new option that is
0: low-risk, reversible and highly effective the procedure to receive endobronchial valves is equally efficient they come in
1: they have a procedure done that takes about half an hour there's no cutting whatsoever it's all done with a little tiny camera through your mouth while you're asleep we watch them in the hospital for a couple days afterwards and then they go
0: home and when they go home they're breathing their life is restored they have no restrictions my patients have been able to walk up a flight of
1: stairs walk to the end of the driveway to get the mail go to the grocery store and get all their groceries when they wouldn't have dreamt of doing this before. And so it's those kinds of gains that are realistic with this type of procedure.
0: Dr. Kerman says there's nothing like giving patients their breathing back after it's taken by this breathtaking disease.
1: It is a great feeling. The folks come back to see me and they want to give you a hug. Not everyone responds perfectly, but the vast majority of folks do, and it's really able to change their entire life because they can breathe again.
0: There's other lifestyle changes that can improve quality of life for COPD patients as well. Aerobic exercise and cardiovascular fitness. Don't use shortness
1: of breath as an excuse to be a couch potato and following a proper diet. Those are all key to having the best respiratory status possible.
0: Considering the current pandemic, how vulnerable are COPD patients for contracting COVID-19?
1: Anyone that has underlying lung compromise is gonna be at increased risk for not only acquiring the virus, but having it impact them more severely. So folks with COPD definitely need to be careful and getting the vaccination, if possible.
0: And Dr. Kerman's seen the impact COVID has on COPD patients firsthand.
1: I have taken care of folks in our intensive care unit who have COPD and COVID-19 infection. It is a challenging situation. Unfortunately, some folks have died from it. Thankfully, some have managed to recover as well.
0: In addition to the COVID vaccine, does he recommend COPD patients get other vaccines too?
1: Absolutely. Preventative care is essential when you have underlying health problems like COPD. And so I would absolutely recommend that everyone with this condition receive regular vaccinations as recommended by their doctor.
0: Dr. Kerman assures us there's been and continues to be lots of research focusing on COPD.
1: There are millions of people in the U.S. with COPD, many of whom remain symptomatic. And so there's tremendous efforts to try to develop better
0: therapies so that folks can have a better life. And he shares how the Medical College of Wisconsin is part of that research enterprise. Experience
1: matters, and we're the highest volume center in the state when it comes to endobronchial valves. We're also one of 10 centers in the country in an FDA-mandated post-approval study of valves so that we can collect good long-term data. Folks who come to MCW will have the opportunity to participate in that. So it's a nice way of giving back to future generations who may have this problem.
0: All in the hopes of bringing a breath of fresh air for future COPD patients.
1: I think this is a wonderful time to be a lung doctor because we've been treating COPD the same way for so long. Although we were able to help some people, we weren't able to help everyone. And now with these new trials, we're really making a larger impact on people's lives. And coming in the near future, we're going to have a whole armamentarium of treatment options for folks that aren't better with just simple inhalers.
0: Finally, for anyone who suffers from COPD, Dr. Kerman encourages you to take control. And don't let COPD control you.
1: COPD is a chronic condition, so you're going to have it for the rest of your life. The best thing that you can do is address it head-on. I would encourage patients to be proactive, don't give up, and educate yourself because this is part of who you are now. You can't cure it, but you can effectively manage it.
0: Now that we have a better understanding of what COPD is... Let's discover what it's like living with it.
2: I'm Vicki. I live in Waukesha. I have three children who also live in Waukesha, which is nice.
0: Today, Vicki enjoys spending time with her kids and grandkids, even a few great-grandkids, and remaining active.
2: I've always been very active with hobbies. I like to do jigsaw puzzles. I've always been crafty. Right now I do hand-stitched jewelry, and I do that in the farmer's market.
0: Well, as active as she can be...
2: I don't venture out very much because it's hard to get around. Kind of move slower than years ago. That's my life.
0: That's Vicki's life today, after being diagnosed with COPD. Prior to her diagnosis, her health was generally good, with one exception.
2: The only other thing I have is vertigo. Dizziness. So that was the only other issue that I had. But you just laid still once the vertical came on. Whereas the COPD, it's changed a lot. I find it very debilitating. You can't just pick up and go like you used to.
0: And she's been living with these significant changes since being diagnosed several years ago.
2: That was back in 2008, so it's been 13 years that I've had it.
0: Back then, she began noticing challenges with her breathing during her daily routine.
2: Well, you could just kind of tell in your everyday life, even walking from room to room. Some days, I wasn't able to go grocery shopping at that time. I just got very short-winded, and I thought, gee, what's going on here?
0: The dramatic change in her breathing prompted her to seek medical attention.
2: After a few weeks and kind of pondering, I decided to see a doctor to check it out, and that's when I found out I had COPD.
0: Based on her symptoms, did her diagnosis come quickly?
2: Yeah. When I did consult my doctor, he ordered what they call a pulmonary function study, and that determines your lung capacity, and that's how it was diagnosed. It was pretty quick. It was probably a two-week
0: time frame. And it's a good thing a diagnosis came quickly because her symptoms were interrupting her day-to-day life.
2: It's hard to breathe. Everything you try to do, you have to stop and rest and kind of catch your breath and then you can start again. Really, it slows you down. It's hard to describe it. You take it for granted that you're just breathing normal all the time, And all of a sudden when you get hit with something like this, your breathing isn't that regular.
0: But while receiving the diagnosis provided an answer for her symptoms, Vicky didn't breathe easier knowing she has a chronic disease. You
2: no. Know, at the time when he said it, you know, I thought, well, it's just not a normal life anymore. You take breathing for granted that it's always there, but it's a strain, it's a big strain.
0: As we learned from Dr. Kerman earlier, smoking is far and away the number one cause of COPD. Was Vicki a smoker?
2: Unfortunately, yes. I never started smoking until after I got married. And of course I, thought I fit in with all the other young kids and started smoking and I probably smoked good 25 years till I quit, but by then something was wrong. You know, you're young, you're foolish, you think, oh, that's not going to happen to me. And it did.
0: Which is why she tells young people, just as she would go back and tell her younger self if she could.
2: Don't start smoking. Because it's hard to quit and you don't think it's going to affect you, but it does. I just regret it every day.
0: So how is Vicky's COPD treated to help with her breathing today?
2: They put me on an inhaler as soon as I was diagnosed. Well, I started out on one and eventually had to go to two. And that seemed to work pretty good for quite some time. It does give you some relief, but it's not something you can take every little while.
0: More recently, doctors recommended oxygen treatment to help with her breathing.
2: They did some testing and they said when I sleep, my oxygen level goes low. They thought I needed oxygen at night. Well, I could not sleep very well with that machine going because it was noisy. So I quit using it because I get much better sleep without it. But I do have it here if I need it.
0: In addition to medications, she's gone through pulmonary rehab, which helped improve her breathing.
2: So I did do that this past year, go up to the cardiac unit, and they teach you different ways of breathing when you have trouble, which I found very helpful. The breathing exercises
0: helped a lot. Knowing that COPD is a progressive disease, has her condition gotten worse since being diagnosed?
2: Well, it's a little worse, plus, with my age, I'm not able to do a lot of these other things that I used to do. You have to take each day as it comes because sometimes, too, the weather has a lot to do with my breathing. So on a nice day, I don't have as much trouble compared to like a hot, humid day like that.
0: Have doctors told Vicki she can have a good quality of life despite her COPD?
2: Yeah, nobody's ever told me any different. You know, they do encourage you to try to get outside and walk, but that's hard for me to do.
0: In fact, it's hard for her to walk any relative distance, outdoors or indoors.
2: I just get too short of breath. I don't walk very far. Even in the house, some days I can go from one end to the other, no problems. And other days I have to stop and rest and then move on.
0: With the COVID-19 pandemic, having a respiratory disease like COPD makes Vicki particularly vulnerable. Unfortunately.
2: I did have COVID. And that really knocked me out.
0: She shares her experience battling COVID on top of COPD.
2: When I got diagnosed with it, I really was surprised because all I felt was very, very weak. That's when I started using the walker, and I'd never had to use
0: a walker before. It was frightening. It was weak, just weak. After a couple of days, she went to the hospital, where it was confirmed. Sure enough, when they
2: tested me, I had COVID. And I was in the hospital then for three days because they couldn't get my oxygen level to stay where it should be. But it was when I got out that it was such a hard time. That took me over a month and a half before I could get back to being pretty normal. The recovery was terrible, worse than the actual COVID.
0: After having COVID, did she still get vaccinated for it?
2: Yes, I got both my
0: shots now. Vicky says it's worth it to get vaccinations that might keep her COPD in check.
2: I always get a flu shot and a shingle shot. And certainly now at a COVID shot each year, I'll do that too.
0: Meanwhile, Vicki hopes to live the most life. This
2: is just my life now and I have to live with it and hope for many years to come, but I'll have to just wait and see how it holds out.
0: And live the best life she can all the while knowing that living with COPD is limiting.
2: Having grandkids, and now I'm in the great-grandchildren. Being so short of breath, I can't babysit my grandkids. It's hard. It's sad, because I miss doing that. It's not an easy life. It's a daily struggle.
0: But Vicki keeps fighting on, one day, and one breath at a time.
2: We have to breathe. If you can't the way you used to, take a break. Catch your breath
0: and then you go on again. That's what I do. It's unfortunate enough when COPD affects people in their middle aged years. But imagine having a serious breathing condition before you've even reached 20. Our next guest doesn't have to imagine it, he lives it.
1: I am Nate. I'm 19 years old. I go to UW Madison. Studying kinesiology. I like to swim and bike in my free time. A lot of my passion with kinesiology involves
0: encouraging a physically active society and getting people to live a healthier lives. It's interesting that Nate studies a health science. His biggest challenge is his health because at just 19 years old, Nate has already lived with COPD for years. I was diagnosed when I was 12 or 13
1: years old. Seven years ago, give or take, I had been previously diagnosed with pretty severe asthma. It would get to the point where I would
0: be coughing nonstop. If I went a minute without coughing, that was impressive. The nonstop coughing was concerning to both Nate and his parents.
1: At first it was just asthma symptoms, but then we realized
0: it had to be something going on beyond just your average asthma case things went from bad to worse. It was going on a few months and so many hospital
1: trips whenever things would start really acting up. There was one weekend that we actually went to the ER three times in two days because I wasn't able to breathe.
0: Which began interrupting his day-to-day life.
1: At its peak, I wasn't able to go to school. Because
0: I have this super gross, disgusting, deep cough. I mean, I'm coughing the whole time. Eventually, Nate's parents brought him to Children's Wisconsin. After
1: literally months of going to the hospital, we decided that Children's Hospital
0: Wisconsin, hopefully they would figure something out, and we needed more answers. Answers didn't come quickly. It took a long time. I mean, they tested for everything. I remember so many different tests. And when a diagnosis was made, being a kid, he didn't understand at first. COPD, I had never heard the letters in my life. I have no idea what that means. But he quickly realized that this was serious, and for a child, quite rare. Usually it's gonna happen in seventy year olds. Before you even think of diagnosing a twelve year old with C O P D, that's not the normal case. His young peers had no idea what COPD was either. I honestly don't think that most kids knew what I was going to do. I would always sum it up with I have fat lungs, but
1: nobody really knew what that meant.
0: And even if they understood. A lot of people wouldn't even believe that a 12-year-old has COPD if you told them. But he did. And not being a smoker and not having the known genetic mutation, doctors don't know why he does. I was born premature,
1: so if that could have affected my lung development prenatally, I'm not sure, but doctors really don't know and I really have no idea.
0: Today, Nate says his COPD treatments are pretty effective.
1: So I take Trilogy. It's a daily COPD medication that I take every morning.
0: Beyond that, I have
1: a rescue
0: inhaler when I am having issues.
1: I also take Duoneb breathing treatments.
0: And whereas physical activity may be difficult or even impossible for older COPD patients... Youth is on Nate's side.
1: Through all of high school, I swam competitively. I ran, track and cross country in the past. Just being physically active, I've been able to expand my lung capacity so that even if my
0: lungs aren't functioning quite to the level that they should be, the capacity is growing, which definitely helps. However, COPD makes common illnesses like the flu more challenging.
1: Last year, I was hospitalized five days with the flu, and it reacted with my lungs. Super complicated because when I get a cold, anything like that, there are definitely a lot of complications that come with that.
0: Fortunately, Nate has avoided contracting the COVID-19 virus.
1: I definitely am taking the whole COVID pandemic more seriously than a lot of my peers. If I was hospitalized with the flu, who knows what COVID could do to me.
0: Leaving nothing to chance, he's getting vaccinated.
1: I was very eager to be vaccinated. I actually did get my first dose and we will be getting a second dose of the
0: Moderna vaccine soon. Meanwhile, life goes on as normal for Nate. Well, his normal. If I
1: go for a run, there's
0: a chance that I'm not
1: going to be able to do the five miles that I want to do. And maybe it's not exactly what I want, but it's what I have and I've learned to live with
0: it. Doctors once told him, You have the lungs of a six-year-old. So my big concern is, if I have the
1: lungs of a six-year-old at 12 years old, what are they going to be when I turn 30? Then again, Doctors and specialists that I've talked to have all instilled in me that just because my lungs are like really bad at this point doesn't mean that they're going to progress in the way that the six-year-old's
0: lungs continue to progress. There's still daily challenges living with COPD always will be.
1: I don't think I've had a genuine full breath of fresh air in years. And it can be scary. There are times when I feel like I cannot breathe.
0: But Nate will handle it. Always has. Most kids don't have to worry about what's going to happen if I can't breathe. But overall,
1: life is pretty much what you'd expect for a 19-year-old college student living in a pandemic.
0: That's all for this edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. Our sincere thanks to today's guests, Dr. Jonathan Kerman, and special thanks to Vicki and Nate for sharing their experiences living with COPD. I hope you've discovered something by listening to today's show, and I'm doubly hopeful you'll join us again next time. CTSI Discovery Radio airs the third Friday of every month. So make an appointment on your calendar and join us for each episode. On behalf of the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin and all of our affiliate partners and members, I'm Brian Belmer. wishing you happier, healthier days ahead. For more information about research or to listen to the podcast of this or any of our shows on demand, please visit our website at ctsi.mcw.edu. CTSI Discovery Radio is written, produced, and hosted by Brian Bellner in collaboration with WMSE Radio. The CTSI and this program are under the direction of Dr. Reza Shakir.